This is the Emperor. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Eat it. Live long and prosper. Bad feeling about this. So say we all. This is going to get pretty interesting. Define interesting. The God of God, we're all going to die. Only try to realize the truth. There is no spoon. Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, and now, from the end of the universe, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, here are your hosts. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 73. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog, and... Hello, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. Yes, I miss that wherever you are, whenever you are, however you are. Well, can't Same. do it all the time. I know, I know. But I like that, Miles. That's like a signature for you. That's, well, like, that's like the way you end the show. It's like the same way every time. It's just great. It's like the comfort of coming home and nestling. Okay, forget it. Well, many great <laughs> commentators, uh, news uh, uh, people, they have a, a, a trademark. And so right, I'm, right, right. I'm still trying to find mine. You're still trying. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right, so right. I found it yet. Well, it, it works. Well, welcome to the show, guys. It's great to have you with us here at the diner, dining with us, feasting on some great science fiction stuff that we're going to be talking about tonight and some really, really good stuff coming up. We're, uh, it's, it's a good show. We have the Vixen with us. She'll be coming with us a little bit later on. Mm-hmm. The Vixen. We haven't had her on since episode 50. You it's realize been, it's that. It's been a while. I'm glad to ha- it'll be nice to have her back. 25 episodes later, we have her. We, used, we had her on a quite uh, a little bit more frequently earlier. That's true, but her life has uh, gotten a little busier. Right? Yep, and uh, Dollhouse is no longer on. That was one of the commonalities that we had going on. And that is true. One of the shows we're going to miss. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's it's going to be good. Um, and what are you watching in sci-fi? Well, the only thing I'm really watching right now at the moment is uh, Warehouse 13. Right. We've talked about that mm-hmm. in the show, and that's not really a coming show that's coming up, but it's one that will be ending here soon. Right, right, right. So a 13-episode arc, I believe, that's coming up with that. Um, I am reading Spock's World, which is the latest. It's my number five Trek novel since I started through the expanded universe of Trek. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. There should be applause there. I should enter in an applause. You know, thank you. Thank you, Miles. Thank you. Uh, I also watch Kick-Ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, Funny, mm-hmm. a little bit irreverent, but funny, <laughs> and uh, and and well worth watching as far as the superhero movie goes. Okay, so uh, I liked it. I liked it. The Expendables, Miles. I saw the Expendables. Oh, I want to see that. It is. It's totally a late eighties, early nineties flick. Um, plays great homage to that era, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's it's what Stallone does best. <laughs> you know he brings back Rocky. He brings back. Um, he brings back a Rambo, Rambo yeah. and he brings back this crew of, yeah, I guess Jason doesn't really count. Jason Stratham doesn't really count in that. Is that Statham? 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 He, I don't, is he the Australian actor? No, yeah. Okay. Uh, he, you know, they don't, um, you know, he's maybe the one that's a little bit anomalous, but everyone else is like these early nineties action heroes, the stuff that I grew up on as a teen. And, and it was just great to see him. And even, you know, with a surprise appearance by uh, Schwarzenegger and Willis and to see Stallone, Schwarzenegger and, Will- and Willis all in the same scene, it was phenomenal. That's like a dream team there. It is. It, it, it was tr- truly a dream cast and it was eighties plot. 
80s credits the whole way. It was it was An really apologetic great. Uh, yeah, and it's it's great. And and it number two at the box office two weekends in a row. Mm-hmm. You can't argue with that. No, no, you can't. it's not really science fiction, but somehow these action flicks sometimes get themselves in. They like, intertwine, yeah. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Human Target. Human Target is not really science fiction, but it is based on a comic book series. Sure, sure. So uh, somehow it kind of works its way into our sci-fi shows, and, and here we are tonight talking about it a little bit. So the menu, Miles, tonight, we have a great menu. No interview tonight because we're going to be talking about the fall lineup of TV shows, what's going to be happening, what shows we have returning, what shows are not returning, Mm -hmm. and what shows are new, and what we think about them, the premise, what we know about them. In some cases, we might know a lot. In the next case, we might only know a little bit of hearsay. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to be honest with you up front. This is kind of our opinions and our thoughts of these shows, and not necessarily a right or wrong answer. And as always, we want to hear from you. We heard from a lot of you the shows that you're looking forward to and even got some of your thoughts on that. We're going to be giving that to you in a little bit in the listener feedback. We, of course, are Twist. Miles is going to be bringing that. And our Sci-Fi 5 and 5 is going to be brought by Mary, the DVD Geeks, Televixen. Excellent. So excellent menu, Mm -hmm. and um, we'll have a lot to feast on. I don't think we're going to be short. I don't think so either. I I, uh, Keep it under an hour, right, Miles? (laughs) Well, we have some. Uh, never. We have some. You never. We have some show news and listener feedback. Why don't you take the first bit of news here? Well, we want to thank our, our uh, listeners uh, who joined our Facebook fan page recently, and that we're now up to uh, 101 fans on there. So, thank you very much. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Like you know, we we asked you guys to kind of get us up over the 100 mark, and you guys did. You came through. You stepped you, up. So you thanks. did. You did. And so now you can find the Facebook fan page at facebook.com backslash sci-fi diner. So we have a nice shorter URL. A shorter URL. You don't type it in. Of course, some of you probably just go to your fan pages anyways. But if mm-hmm. you want to get there directly, we have a new URL for our Facebook fan page. So so thank you so much for uh, jumping in and sharing with that. We have some comments from listeners who said, here are some of the shows that we're looking forward to returning. And we're going to talk about these a little bit more in detail. But we thought we'd mention them here so that we get to dialoguing with Televix and we can just dialogue. Yes. But here are some of the shows that you guys said that you – are looking forward to. And we probably should just say last names here when oh, we're uh, talking. Do you want to take the first one? Sure. This is from, from uh, Radu, who uh, who contributed to our show last week. Uh, he is looking forward to Fringe. Caprica eventually, not so much uh, Stargate Universe, which we definitely got that vibe from last right, week. Right, right. And by the way, he did submit. He has a positive 360. We're not going to play it in this show. Uh, probably next week's show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got one from uh, B. Harden as well, okay. who has contributed. I've been talking to him on Twitter a little bit, and he sent his uh, the five uh, worst ways to end the world Ooh. or something like that. It's, it's kind of unique and original, so I'm looking forward to sharing that with you when it, the time comes. Uh, Musset said that Fringe, without a doubt, SU has gotten better all the time as well. Sanctuary, Smallville, and Supernatural, if they can really be classed as sci-fi, I think not, but I enjoy them anyways. Caprica, which will hopefully improve as it feels a little slow. Hmm. So, uh, those are some thoughts. Thank you for that. And uh, there's some really, uh, I, I probably would agree a little bit with Caprica being slow. I enjoyed Caprica a lot, but not as fast-paced maybe as Battlestar was. No, it is, it is definitely a show It does take its time. Um, Mike also chimed in. He is looking for Stargate Universe. That's the big one he's closely following. Uh, Clone Wars uh, Season 3 trailer was very impressive. 
So Radu said, yeah, I like St- St- uh, Star Wars Clone Wars as well. Mm-hmm. So, And I, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm not kept up with Clone Wars. I watched the first season. I did not watch the second season. I didn't either, but I may – now there's a couple of our shows are not coming back. I may give that a, a try. Yeah, we'll see. We have a lot of shows. That are, there's a lot. There's actually surprising a lot of shows out there. We had a lot of comments about our interview with Tori. A lot of people liked our interview with Tori Higginson. Oh, yeah. We liked our interview with Tori Higginson. What are we kidding? That was fun. Uh, great interview. We're going to be bringing you more interviews next week. I'm not sure which one we'll be bringing you, but we have a couple in the can. We have uh, Catherine Hicks. We have uh, we have Edward James Alamos and Kevin Sorbo and... Uh, and some others that we may be lining up here and working with. Some authors we're going to be bringing you as well that we met at Shorely. Yes. We want to make sure that we line the, those interviews. Probably in the next couple of weeks we'll be doing that as well. Mm-hmm. One, The only comment I wanted to make about iTunes reviews, I have a comment in here about it. Someone, uh, I believe it was Rado, said he had left in a, a, a review for us on iTunes and it's not there. Um, and I looked into it. I don't know exactly what's up about that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I don't know if it's because I think he's from Canada, right? I don't know if they're working on a different iTunes system. I thought the iTunes was North American, period. But I could be wrong about that. Sometimes different countries have different iTunes. And so I don't know if it's a different iTunes store. But therefore, it should be showing up for him at least. But it is not showing. He left a review that said it's not showing up on iTunes. And it looked, and I don't see it. Yeah, Radu, maybe you check at home on your home computer, see if. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, I, I have no clue. I have no clue. We appreciate the review if you're willing to leave it again, but uh, no, uh, I don't know what's going on with iTunes and why they're not airing that. Well, Miles, uh, let's get into our trivia this week. Yes, uh, we asked last week, um, and we kept the Stargate Atlantis appropriate since we had an interview with uh, Tori Higgison. The question is, what name is given to the Atlantean vehicle which can move through Stargates? And the answer is, uh, we aren't going to give it to you this week. No, we're not. Uh, We're giving you two weeks in this question. Um, and that's in order to allow some of you, some of you already answered that question and we're holding off the answers till next week. So more people can kind of contribute. We'll be pulling names out of a hat and you have a chance to win two beautiful items. Here. Yes. Given to us from the fine folks from uh, starship, uh, Farragut. Thank you, Farragut. Uh, they, they, uh, have a, um, animated episode, uh, which we had talked about in length, um, called power source. And also they, they, uh, ventured to, to make comic books, their first comic book. So, uh, we are giving away a, a, a uh, their first comic book as well. Yep, the comic book, Dearly Departed. You will have two weeks. Actually, you have one week now, and by the time this is out, you might only have about four or five days. You will have two weeks to answer this question, <clears throat> four or five days to answer this question. You can answer that question by emailing us at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com. You can Twitter us, Sada Wharf, Sci-Fi Diner, Herzog, that's H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. All of those Twitters will get to us, and you can call us at 1-888-508-4343, and all those will get the answer to us. And we'll share them on the show. Make sure you include your mailing address um, so that we can send this beautiful, wonderful prize to you. Well, we're going we're gonna to go into our first promo for tonight, and that's a promo from DVD Geeks. We're going to be playing this a little bit. Obviously, this is a show that married the Televixen, the DVD Geeks Televixen is from. Right. And they put off a very solid show about all sorts of DVDs that they're talking about. And she gets what she does and her, her comrades, John Champion, I believe, also does is they go and they they go through the DVDs that they're watching. They tell you the good, the bad, the ugly. They sit through the DVDs so you don't have to if they're bad. Right. And they'll also uh, pull one off their, one of their, their shelves from their personal collection and do a review on that, too. Yeah. So it's a very, very cool show. Oh, very yeah. cool show. Make sure you guys check it out. Subscribe to them on iTunes. <laughs> It's the DVD Geeks. Real fans with real opinions. 
every Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. Central on FearlessRadio.com. FearlessRadio.com. Remember, scene selection is not a special feature. The DVD Geeks on FearlessRadio.com. For more information, point your web browser to DVDGeeks.tv. Well, welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner. You just heard the promo from uh, DVD Geeks, mm-hmm. the DVD Geeks promo, and we have uh, Televixen with us now. Mary, thank you for joining us tonight to talk a little bit about some of the upcoming TV shows and a little bit about VegasCon. Yeah, you know, this is always an exciting time of year because, you know, the convention season's over, a lot of fall TV news has been leaked, and um, you hit the nail right on the head, you know, it's just that... Uh, Star Trek Las Vegas Con, which is the the biggest Star Trek convention in the U.S. And uh, wow, I think I just finally recovered from that convention. Um, <laughs> it was it was crazy this year because for the first year um, I was actually on a panel uh, with uh, Anthony Pascal from TrekMovie.com and uh, Larry Nemechek from Trekland and uh, Vernon Wilmer, who did the documentary uh, Star Trek: My Experience. He was a former cast member at Star Trek: The Experience, and. Uh, our panel was about uh, Star Trek from a fan's perspective, talking about the 2009 J.J. Abrams film and how the audience base has changed. And we really had a spirited debate about it and also included a lot of uh, polling questions for the audience. And so you can actually see that whole panel on trekmovie.com right now. Um, I think it's like 45 minutes long, um, but it's broken up into a few segments. But you can see what people had to say. I mean, I think there's like over over 120 comments right now on Trek Movie wow. about pe- what people want to see in the next J.J. film. What so, seemed to, what seemed to uh, be the overall... If you want to get in on that. Yeah, what mm-hmm. seemed to be the overall consensus about what people want to see in the next Trek film from that panel? Well, um, definitely overall, people don't want to see Khan revisited. They definitely <laughs> yeah, want you know Ricardo Montalban's Khan to be left alone. <laughs> right. That's another remake um, you don't want to do. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We don't need another Wrath of Khan. Um, but then I think a lot of people really wanted to see Klingons. I think Klingons, you know, from the original series on, have been an integral part of Star Trek. And you know, we didn't get to see them in the '09 film. Um, you know, they were in the deleted scenes briefly, but uh, people want to see that. And overall, you know, people were kind of mixed on the relationship stuff. Some people really didn't like the Ohura-Spock kiss and relationship, and uh, other people were really defending it. A lot of women especially were defending it as a choice, and some people were mad about Vulcan being blown up, but other people liked it. So I think overall people want to see something new with the the new film. Since you have a different timeline, they want to see different characters, but definitely as far as villains, it seemed like there was a, a strong interest in Klingons. Very good. I'm glad there's a recording of yeah. this because this, this sounds like something I would definitely want to uh, see in here, by the way. Um, last year at okay. uh, Shorely, they actually had a similar panel with the Star Trek uh, uh, novelists about the, the new movie. And the, 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 the authors were very – they defended a lot of the choices the movie made. It was interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, yeah, it was interesting how many people raised their hand at the convention because we polled the audience. Most people – said that this was their first Star Trek convention, and at least half the audience said that this was their first convention, period, of any kind, of any kind of fan convention. So definitely the new movie has brought in a whole different fan base, which is very cool to see, because if you don't have a new fan base, then eventually what you love ends up dying. So you need those people to pass the torch to. 
Right, right. And so in, in that way, the reboot, you know, really is a good thing. It introduces Trek to a whole new world, whole new audience. Absolutely. You know, that's another five and five you could do, um, top five sci-fi movies for people who don't usually like sci-fi. I think Ooh. Star Trek 09 would probably be on that list. Uh, I bet it, I bet it yeah. would. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll have to do yeah. that. We'll have to do that sometime. Any other things yeah, that stand fun. out to you about the uh, the con? Yeah, you know, um, Jerry Ryan was there, and this has been her first convention in like five years. And uh, she was really personable, and she had a packed house, and uh, just really down to earth. She was actually tweeting from the stage and uh, taking pictures of the audience and. Uh, uh, Garrett Wong jumped on stage. Uh, Robert Ricardo jumped on stage and uh, crashed her panel, and you know she hugged them. and And uh, she calls Garrett Wong, Wong Goober, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of endearing. But uh, she was fun, and uh, of course the Shatner Nimoy show is always great to see. You know, especially as those guys are getting up there in age. And Shatner was all around the convention with his crew, walking the, the dealer room floor, and he was very personable. He actually went up to. Sally Kellerman and Gary Lockwood from the original pilot and chatted with them for a while at their booth. So that was really nice to see. Hmm. Good. Did you get a chance to do some interviews? I know you've had, you've had, yeah, interviews. I did a lot of interviews. Mm-hmm. So that, well, that, yeah. well, you're on YouTube it's, it's, well, you know what? It was really cool this year. I got to interview Jonathan Frakes mm-hmm. and for like the last five years, he turned me down for an interview. I'm so this year I was like, yes, I got to interview him for creation TV. So he was really cool and really personable, and uh, we talked a lot about his directing. Um, he's going to be directing a whole bunch of shows, um, and uh, we talked about Dollhouse, actually, his episode, how much I love that, and he, he went on about how Dollhouse was underrated and should have never been canceled, and uh, he was just really fun, and Robert Ricardo, uh, the EMH from Voyager was amazing. We talked about Voyager, and we talked about some uh, – of my favorite horror movies that he's done. And, uh, yeah, those guys were great. And, you know, this year more than ever, I got to talk to some of the people who, you know, did just one episode of the original series and, you know, people who normally I hadn't really talked to. For instance, um, Yaman Ran, uh, Grace Lee Whitney. She was fantastic. She was off the cuff. She was brazen and funny. And I just, I don't know. I just, it was really nice to meet some of the people who maybe aren't the big, big names from the series, but definitely, you know, are working actors and are great interviews that have awesome insights into Gene Roddenberry. Right, right. Very cool. Now, yeah. uh, will these interviews be available um, on, I guess, Creation's uh, YouTube page then? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Creation has a YouTube page. Uh, it's youtube.com slash CE Warner. That's their video guy. And uh, they've already been edited, so it's just a matter of time for when they go up. So I'm really looking forward to seeing some of those. But, yeah, definitely I interviewed a half a dozen people from Star Trek so and then a few others from uh, different sci-fi genre shows. So it should be should be pretty cool to see those up. Now, now Mary, I, I have to ask you, and you can decline to comment this if you want because I realize I might be taking a risk here, <laughs> is there's uh, – People are mixed about creation and the cons. Now, you kind of work for creation. Um, mm-hmm. What's your feel about the way creation runs the cons? Have you heard this debate? Do you know what I'm talking about here? Yeah. Actually, it's interesting. Without naming names, um, someone in the uh, sci-fi community just did a blog on uh, oh, yeah, I know the who way creation. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, did a blog on, you know, they 
they who should not be named or something right, like that. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody knows, you know, and right. it's no secret. And for years I've heard it. I mean, I work as an independent contractor for them, so I don't really work under their payroll system and all that. But, um, you know, we have an agreement. And, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's, it's kind of tough because they are the only na- big name in town if you want to get 70-plus gas in one place and have an amazing weekend. You know, they do right. provide excellent gas, awesome panels. Um, it's really hard to get some of the smaller conventions to be able to do that because it costs a lot of money. And, and um, you know, they are, they are like the monopoly right now. and. Right. That's good and it's bad. I mean, it's bad for the little guys. Um, it's hard for me to comment fully on it, but right, I'm definitely obviously. aware of the sentiment and I get it. I totally get it. And I definitely feel like they're, they really do kind of take some of the fun out of the conventions when it is, you know, largely about money. Right, right. So I understand they have to make back what they're putting in, but I think there's a feeling from the fans that they're getting nickel and dime over, dimed over every little thing, and it's not worth it. And I think what you're seeing as a backlash to all that is more and more independent parties. You know, the Roddenberry Party is always the, the most amazing event, and it's 100% free, and it's off-site. You've got, you know, events from TrekCast, TrekLand, and obviously DVD Geeks. We collaborate on our own events and trivia competitions and giveaways. And you're seeing, you know, more and more um, fan-based panels. There was a Star Trek The Experience panel, um, things that aren't necessarily going to cost you money, you know. I think less and less people are doing the photo ops. I mean, there's always going to be the people who do autographs, that just collect autographs. But you're seeing a lot of people who just go to the convention but don't actually pay to do any of the stuff. They just go to hang out at the bars and see their friends. And it's kind of getting that Comic-Con vibe where it's one big party. And, and so I think that's what happens is people just take the convention back. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, I appreciate yeah. you commenting on it in any way that you could. I realize that you obviously yeah. work for them, and so there's a fine line there. And uh, But, you know, just uh, sure. we, we, we did talk about one side of the controversy, and so I wanted to get your perspective of someone that's kind of worked for them. And, and I, too, agree. I, you know, they do need a – they bring in 70-plus guests. That's not cheap. And so they need a, they need to be bringing right. in the the money, but that uh, same time I, I I hear from you as well, and that's what I've been hearing from fans. They do feel a little bit used by the entire process, but but uh, yeah, from all the pictures yeah, and, and I certainly feel like it's hard to you know in this economy go to a convention. You know, before you could just do it on a whim, and it could be just a little weekend away. But now it's like this might be a family's only trip for the whole year and it makes it just really difficult in times where there is an economic crisis. Hmm. So. Well, seeing all those pictures on Facebook and, 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 and Twitter uh, still makes me want to go someday. Yeah, you, you definitely should check it out just, just because it is the biggest Star Trek convention in the U.S., mm-hmm. but uh, know what you're getting into first. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, maybe next summer, road yeah. trip. Maybe. Ooh, <laughs> to Vegas. Sounds exciting. There we go. There we go. Well, let's should get into it. We should do an episode live from the convention. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, yeah. We'll definitely we'll do some recording from the convention, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get into some of our TVT, uh, TV TV stuff, if I can speak here, um, mm-hmm. about some of the shows that are coming up, some of the shows that aren't coming up. I had this one bit of news about... Uh, Lucas, this came from Radu, who said that Lucas is not funding the new Star Wars live action series. I don't know if you heard that or not. Really? Yeah, yeah, so I hear that, yeah. That, that was that came through, and it's, you know that was kind of the baby for a while, and I'm just kind of looking forward to it. I mean, this is Lucas we're talking mm-hmm. about, but it sounds like that may that may not come to fruition unless he gets more financial backing. But. 
wow. I, I don't know. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think were, were the reviews mixed about it? Um, I, I I don't know how much there was to review. I just think I did mm-hmm. think I think the the sentiment was it was much more of an expensive project than he thought it would be. That's my right, only, that's right. my only. So uh, you know, in today's economy, people just aren't studios aren't just shelling out big bucks, and maybe he's not willing to do so either. So. Yeah, but, yeah, and we, I wonder how Clone Wars affected that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, know? Clone Wars been, has been doing uh, fairly well, I think. That's from what I understood. Yeah, yeah, understand, yeah so. they're coming back for what a third season. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk so. about that here in a little bit, Mary. Yeah. I thought we'd break this down into three different segments: shows that we'll miss that aren't returning this year, um, and then we'll talk about some of the returning shows because I know we have Dexter and some others on there that you like, and then we'll talk about new shows. And I know that you need to go here in about a half an hour, so we'll get as far as we can with you, and then when you when you need to leave, you leave so sure sound good let's start yeah. with shows that shows that we are going to miss one obvious one that you mentioned before mary is dollhouse yeah yeah dollhouse, I mean, dollhouse was getting really good you know yeah, building know. something and yeah. second season just really felt like it was going somewhere and you know i don't know if it was because they knew they were going to get canceled that it picked up speed but I don't know. I just feel like if people gave it a chance, it, it would have been it would have gone on for a few more seasons if they picked up on it on the first season. But I'm really going to miss it. It was such an insightful show, so deep and uh, great ensemble cast. Oh, absolutely, the cast, especially you know, and, and I agree, it got really good, and then it did feel a little bit rushed at the end. But I think it was because we were trying to wrap mm-hmm. up all the loose ends. But uh, the, epi- the episodes up, yeah. just got real good. And it gave a chance for the supporting yeah. characters to really shine and show what they that they can do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing some yeah, of those actors sure. and other other things. That's for sure. But definitely, Lost obviously is not returning. Finished the sixth season, and uh, Mary, did you watch Lost? Um, you know, in the beginning I did, but it lost me. <laughs> <laughs> so a little lost by Lost, but you know, I, I appreciate the storytelling. I appreciate you know a long drawn out thing like that that you can tell over seasons and really get into you know, the characters, and I've heard mixed things about the finale. Um, a lot of my friends either loved it or hated it. Um, I certainly have read a lot about the finale, and so I'm kind of on the fence. You know, if, if it's going to go out, I feel like it should go out with a bang, and that was definitely one that people talked about a lot. Right. Well, you know, I think the finale ends up reminding me a little bit of Battlestar Galactica, the way that finale ended up. You know, people talked yeah, about that for a yeah. long time. So. Definitely water cooler discussion. Yeah, um, a couple other shows we don't returning. Flash Forward is not returning. Did you, uh, Miles? Do you watch Flash Forward? Right? I watch it from beginning to end. Yeah, and uh, a little bit unfortunate because we are left with a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. We don't know if Mark's alive or not, but we aren't going to ever find that out. Really, the only hint we have. Is- I know it's so sad. Did you watch? Did you watch Flash Forward? I did. Yeah. I mean, I, I missed. I missed a few episodes towards the end, but. But I was watching it, and um, I was really—I had high hopes for it. I—I I thought it had a good cast and some interesting premises, but it just—I don't know. I think it just dragged on too long for some people, and I guess uh, so. now we may never know. <laughs> I think ABC had to make a choice: are they going to do V, or are they going to do this? And I think V just kind of won out. So. Yeah, uh, I think V just had a stronger impact. Yeah. Um, so flash forward and 24, I guess it's kind of sci-fi. It's kind of linked in there sometime with the action, but that's not returning, obviously finishing its season. We don't have to talk yeah. about that too much. Legend of the Seeker is not coming back. That finished, what, two seasons, right? And then there's no third season. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, my friend Christine Huntley uh, actually worked on that show a lot, and uh, you know, I feel really bad because she's without a job now, and she oh. she she sold a story named Torn um, to them, and so you know, it was it was a well liked show for the people who did like it. I just feel like it didn't get much exposure. They tried to get good guest stars like Jolene Blaylock on, but it might have been too little, too late. It was also on weird times. It was. Uh... I mean, it was weird time. Mm-hmm. It got switched around. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, timing is uh, sometimes everything in this business. I think less because of the oh, but, absolutely. But it is certainly important, yet. So, are there any yeah. other shows that aren't returning that I'm missing, Miles, Mary? I can't think of anything that's not returning. Well, you know, Heroes. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot I, Heroes. I know we griped a lot about Heroes. <laughs> do, do we, we do we care really that Heroes is attack Heroes? <laughs> do we what do we care, do we care that Heroes isn't returning? I mean, <laughs> no, I, I mean I just feel like put it put it away, put it to bed. I know. And it's, it's fine. I know. You know, know. enough is enough. <laughs> Maybe like a Heroes online series or something would be okay for those who really want some closure. Yeah, or the Hero comic. Books. I just feel like, yeah, it's just too expensive of a show to produce for it to not be getting the ratings that it was, you know, that it needed. Uh, we had me. talked about a few months ago, there was talk of them coming out with like a, like a TV movie to kind of uh, do a hero's TV movie, kind of wrap up the loose ends that way. I'd be okay with that. Just not a TV Yeah, I'd show. be okay with that. Like yeah. a one-off, you yeah, know, TV yeah. movie thing. Or That'd be fine. Small yeah. miniseries or something, but yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, that's, I believe the show's it as far as, uh, uh, what's not coming back. Let's talk about some of the returning shows. And I want to start off by sharing a poll that we had up on our site and on Twitter <laughs> that came through. And, um, we listed a bunch of the shows that are returning. And here's how they broke down as far as the shows that people really wanted to see return. And let me just read through these and then we'll comment on them a little bit later on. Here's what you guys said about what you want to see come. Fringe won out by saying 20, I guess 21% of you said you wanted to see Fringe back, that that was a show you were most looking forward to. Stargate Universe came in second, as well as Sanctuary with a 12%. Uh, the Cape, a new show, got 10%. Human Target got 10 V uh, got 7%. The event got 7 And then followed by No Ordinary Family, Smallville, Supernatural, Clone Wars, and then Vampire Diaries. And uh, I did not have Dexter in the list. So I'm sorry about that, Mary. Uh, but, That's uh, okay. And, uh, and Walking Dead got a vote as well. So we'll talk about some of those shows. Um, I figure since we have you here, Mary, I know one of the things you really wanted to talk about was Dexter. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, yeah. do, do, do any of those ratings surprise you as far as uh, shows that people are looking forward to returning? Well, I'm not at all surprised about Fringe. I no, mean, Fringe didn't. has a huge following. You know, and last season really did well, and I feel like that one's no surprise. But I really am shocked about V, that it was so low down on the list. Do you think it was because it's been so long since it was on the air that people kind of have forgotten about it? Wow. I, I think that could be. I mean, I, I think these, these long sabbaticals these shows are taking are maybe not the best thing in the world for the show. Yeah, I don't know. And it, yeah, I it think had, that hurt Flash Forward too. Yeah, when I it think took that long break. I, I think V had yeah. V had uh, suffered too by um, having a, having only a few episodes before the Christmas break, and then having a few episodes, and then they break again because of the Olympics, yep. and then came back. So there were a lot of breaks, and so um, I was actually surprised that it beat Flash Forward because of the length of time between uh, yeah the series. Yeah. But yeah, it, I, I I don't know. I don't know. It, you know, and this is just, you know, the poll, the people that voted, it may come out different elsewhere, but 
Um, mm-hmm. No, Fringe doesn't surprise me either as being number one. We'll definitely talk yeah. about that. Why don't we start off, it's though? By, go ahead. How many, it's interesting to see how many of the shows, though, are not huge network shows. I mean, Fringe obviously is, you know, Fox, but um, you know, I'm not sure where Sanctuary plays, but Sci-fi. isn't it a minor? Yes, yeah, Sci-Fi it's, Channel. It's a cable network. So we're seeing more and more in this kind of parlays into the Dexter discussion, we're seeing more and more cable shows doing really, really well these right. days. And Dexter's and what, Showtime? Like, HBO? Yeah, Dexter's Showtime, Showtime, yeah. And uh, I just feel like, you know, the the uncensored late-night adult genre is back, you know, and, and certainly Dexter has taken off like crazy, and, and it's one of the most secretive shows out there. Right. Uh, but there are some spoilers. Yeah. That I know about. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you give us a little bit? So Dexter's returning. This is season three for Dexter, right? No, it's actually season five. Season five. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm behind. <laughs> but uh, tell yeah. us a little bit. So Dexter's returning September 26th on um, on Showtime. Uh, what uh, what's been happening? What what has happened in last season? At the end of last season, and what does kind of be seem to be heading toward this season? Well, at the end of season four, uh, you had uh, the, the, the basically the ending that shocked everyone, which is, you know, turn off your radio right now if, if you haven't seen it. But Rita, Dexter's wife and the mother of his child, uh, is found in a bathtub and the baby is covered in blood. And that's how the show ends, basically. Wow. We're walking in on this. And it's the Trinity killer, John Lithgow's character, who presumably did this as a retaliation to what Dexter's been doing following him. Um, So season five picks up right where that left off, where everybody knows then that, you know, Dexter's somehow involved in this Trinity killer case, that, you know, he's done something to Trinity. And Trinity's missing, obviously. And so I think it's all spiraling to the fact that Dexter's secret is going to come out. And uh, it picks up right where it left off. This season, there's not going to be a big bad. Like, every year, there's one huge guest star that's, like, the big bad, you know, of the fear, of the series. You had John Lithgow um, last season. And he's a hard one to beat. But you've got some great guest stars coming on this season. You've got uh, Peter Weller, RoboCop. Okay. You've got Julia Stiles, who may be a romantic interest, maybe not. Um, so it's going to be a bunch of different villains and you're going to see Dexter without a family life. I mean, he won't have the moral side holding him back anymore. So he can be full on dark, which is going to be interesting. Um, and you're going to see more of the influence of his father, Harry on his life. So I'm really interested in seeing what happens when Dexter's life starts to unravel and the cops that he works with start to figure out who he is and and uh, he's got a feud with one of the cops on on the show and to see if if he really figures out his secret so it's definitely going to some dark places this season which i'm glad because the last season it could have been a jump the shark but it actually best season because you know you hear oh dexter's got a baby and he's married it's like all right he sold out but no i mean this was like the best season of all the series so it's going to be hard to top but i feel like if they go darker they go more into his psyche and it's less about uh, his relationships because now he really doesn't have a relationship with anyone um when you lose the love you know all bets are off so I definitely like that they took such a huge risk with killing off a major character that we've seen over the seasons. Hmm. 
Well, I, you know, Miles, have you watched Dexter at all? I have not. No. No, and it, it, I did add it to my Netflix queue, uh, my my least to, to the streaming. So I want to at least watch season one or two. But I have not watched a lot of Dexter, so I'm glad that you're here to speak on it. But it's not one that I. Why does this? I, I hear this tossed around in sci-fi circles. Why does this kind of get lumped in with maybe science fiction or maybe um, maybe the action shows that come around? Does it fit that genre much? Well, I think it does in the sense that Dexter is a, a blood lab tech guy, so he's kind of a, a scientific character. Okay. Um, he analyzes blood splatter. So Ooh. a lot of what he does is about, you know, the DNA and everything in, in what he's investigating. And uh, so it goes to the sci-fi element. That And there's always sci-fi guest stars on the show. Okay. You know, uh, you had Denise Crosby on once, you know. So you have a lot of people from genre television. Right. I think I would call it more horror than sci-fi. Definitely. Gets, and and yeah. a psychological show. Yeah, and horror gets lumped For in sure. with sci-fi along with fantasy sometimes. So, yeah. It works. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely genre programming, yeah. you know. It's, it's it's horror and sci-fi, and they sometimes get lumped together. We have Big Bang Theory coming back, too, September 23rd. Do you watch Big Bang Theory? I don't, no. I'm ashamed to say I don't. I really want to, though. Yeah, yeah me too. I I don't. I know that uh, Dayton and Dilmore uh, absolutely love Big Bang Theory. Mm-hmm. I think they uh, talk about it a lot, yeah. but they're coming back. The, the big thing, big news with this show is that they're moving it to Thursday night, so we have a... You know, it's kind of big news when you take a show that's been successful and you move it to a different night. And uh, they're moving to Thursday nights. And I wonder a little bit to compete, give uh, give Fringe and uh, some other shows a run for their money here. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. When people start to have to make choices, I don't know if that's going to help them. But, you know, nowadays with DVRs and TiVo, I feel like it's not as much of an issue. Yeah. Uh, Chuck's returning September uh, 20th, uh, Monday at 8 on NBC, and uh, a lot of cool people joined the caster. We talked about Linda Hamilton coming right. on as Chuck's mom, mm-hmm. and that's going to be uh, that's going to be kind of cool. Uh, do you watch Chuck? At Very all? cool. My, no, I've seen a few episodes. Yeah, I don't watch it regularly. You know, Miles, I, how about you? Uh, no, I've not watched Chuck yet. I've watched the first two seasons, and season three, for some reason, I think I watched the first two in DVD, and for some reason, I just never TV'd it. So I'm behind a season, but I do like Chuck and uh, other guest stars are going to have on that are kind of interesting. Dolph Ludgreen, uh, Olivia Munn, Stone Cold, Steve Austin, and the Old Spice guy. Oh wow! So, wow. Uh, so there's quite, a, quite there's, the uh, yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah so it's quite it's quite the cast. So there's some things you can look forward to as far as Chuck returning. Uh, again, I think that Big Bang Theory and Chuck kind of fall into the same vein as far as the comedy, action, sci-fi, geeky shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know this isn't particularly sci-fi, but because we were talking Star Trek earlier, it made me think, you know, I'm really looking forward to Bleep My Dad Says, or whatever they're Ooh. calling it these oh, days, yeah. uh, the Shatner show, based on the Twitter and the blog, uh, you know, that was very popular. I actually sat in on a taping last week of it, and uh, is really funny in it. It's going to be a CBS show that starts on the 23rd of September. Right. And... Um, He's he's just really on, and it is it is a traditional sitcom. You know, they're marketing it it's very edgy, and there's billboards all over LA with Shatner. It's just his eyes with like a piece of tape on his mouth. You know, and uh-huh. it has the the little asterisk and all that to censor the the s word. And you know, it really was funny, and it's really a good like father son relationship uh, sitcom. It's it is traditional, but the jokes are really funny, and it's got a great supporting cast. It's got some people from Mad TV on it, 
so I really feel like that's going to be one to watch. And uh, seeing Shatner back in his comedy element, you know, after Boston Legal was canceled, I, I really miss seeing him on uh, comedic TV. So I, I'm looking forward to that one the most this fall in terms of sitcoms. Yeah, you know, I, I saw some reviews, early reviews of it, and they haven't been real favorable to it. So I'm hoping it does well, and I'm I'm looking forward to at least catching a few episodes. Well, Mary, now that I have your recommendation, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure I at least watch the first episode. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the second episode I saw was really funny. So I don't, I can't speak beyond that, but <laughs> right, <laughs> it, looks, right. it looks promising. Right. Well, let's talk a little bit about Fringe. Fringe returns um, September 23rd at 9 p.m. on Fox. So that's a Thursday, I believe, at the 9 o'clock time slot. Where did Miles? Where did Fringe leave us last season? It left us uh, Olivia. Uh, Olivia Dunham's character in the other universe. Her uh, double. Her. Um, uh, Alt Olivia, I believe, alternate what version was uh, managed to switch with her, right? To go to the other universe, our universe, I should say. Right, right. And so uh, here we are, and next season they're going to have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary, your thoughts on Fringe returning this season? Well, I'm upset that there will be no more Leonard Nimoy; that he's retiring. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know. mean, it's really great to see a guy like that still doing serious TV, but. Uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with Fringe. I feel like, you know, they've got the audience in the palm of their hands. They just got to keep it up. And uh, that's, that's the one to watch this fall. Definitely, I feel like, you know, in terms of sci-fi programming, there's not a lot anymore, <laughs> you know, with Heroes being gone, Flash Forward being gone. So this is like the one network um, fall show that I feel like can save sci-fi and prove that sci-fi is viable to right. uh you know, a mass audience. Yeah, and it, it, it helps that J.J. Abrams is involved with it as always. We, you know, Fringe is yeah, one of those shows. Yeah, the, Fringe has always been a solid show. And I'm I'm looking forward to coming back. I think they're going to have to wrap up this whole duplicity with Olivia fairly fast. I'm not sure how long they can keep the, the alt-Olivia hidden. I mean, Peter's going to discover it really soon, I think. Right, and... Um, yeah, that's that's tricky. I mean, the alternate Libby has this uh, tattoo on the back of her neck. So, yeah, so they'll uh, discover it somewhere along yeah. the way. I think the tattoo is for yeah. our benefit, though. Yeah, so we can tell them, so, so we can tell them apart. But, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I'm looking forward to Fringe. I think Fringe is probably the show that I'm looking forward to returning the most hmm. out of them. Out of them. Yeah. At least, at least, at least for me. Now we we talked about V a little bit earlier, but V's not returning till November, I believe. But I guess you consider that still a fall premiere, just uh, one of the later ones. Yeah. Mary, let's talk about V a little bit. Where did uh, where did V leave us? Where are we going into? What do we have to look forward to in V? Well, I mean, the big news uh, for for people who are tuning into the, the the premiere is that Jane Badler from the original '80s miniseries, uh, she played the original. Um, she played uh, Diana, and uh, she'll be in it as Anna's mom in this one. So I'm really looking forward to that tie-in because it reminded me of Battlestar Galactica. This new one where they brought in Richard Hatch um, from the old 70s series. I really liked those kinds of crossovers. And he was on, he was supposed to only be on for like one or two episodes, and he was on for a ton of episodes. So Mm -hmm. I really hope there's some crossover and she stays on. It could be really interesting to discover what's going on more with the visitors. And um, 
and the mothership and their home planet. I want to see more of that. And, you know, it's funny. I, I was talking to Richard Hurd at the Star Trek convention. I interviewed him. He was from the original V. Cool. He played the Supreme Commander of the Visitors. And he wants to be on the show, too. So he's hoping, with Jane Badler going on, that there'll be a role for him. So he actually was, like, kind of begging to, to get on, too. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh, and you know, and he was actually in the uniform at the convention. Oh, he dressed very cool. Up in, the, in, in the uniform. It was he's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good sport about it, that's for sure. Uh, Brett, he was. Uh, Brett Harrison's going to be on as well. He's, of course, from the CW short lived Reaper. Yeah, he starred as yeah. one of the, uh, what, the Devil's Son, I believe, in, in Reaper, and he's going to be on as a uh, reoccurring role in V. So we have that to look forward to as well. So that, that premieres. This was, and I don't, I don't have a date, I just have November sometime. So we'll imagine we'll get clarification on that as we get near the time. Now, did you watch, did you watch Caprica? Me? Yeah. I did. I did. I don't know when it's coming back. Actually, this is probably not a fall show, but I wanted to address because I thought originally it was supposed to come back in the fall. That was my understanding. Um, But uh, January 11th is a date that I last heard rolling around. I don't even know if that's a Friday. I probably should have looked it up. But when I saw it online, someone said January 11th, so it kind of sticks in my mind. But January, I thought this was a continuation yeah. of season one. Doing- I thought so, too. I don't, I don't really know why they did that, other than maybe they didn't even know that they were going to be renewed until around Comic-Con that it was announced, and that was just only in July, so that's maybe kind of hard to get it together for the fall. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Battlestar Galactica took long sabbaticals also after their season ended. Yeah, I'm not sure that helped Battlestar, but <laughs> but yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Caprica, well, oh, man, I don't know. But I, I'm looking forward to Caprica coming back. January, unfortunately, those of you like Caprica, you're going to have to wait till that time. Let's, real ta- let's talk real quickly about some other shows here. Do you watch The Vampire Diaries at all? Mary? God, no. No. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know anything about the CW. <laughs> no, no. You know what? I, I guess that puts Supernatural and, uh, and um, Smallville out as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. You know, I don't watch Vampire Diaries either, and I don't believe, uh, Miles, you do as well. Pass. Hey, I'm not a huge vampire fan, but for those of you that are interested, interested, you know, September 9th, CW, Vampire Diaries coming back, and uh, some of you like that show, so... More power to you. One I can talk about is um, I can talk about um, Walking Dead. Yeah, talk about that one because I know very little about that. That's a zombie one. And that's a cable one too. Yeah, exactly. Um, Walking Dead is a show that I had no idea about. I'd heard of the comic book series. um, And uh, it's coming out on AMC on Halloween on October 31st. And at Comic-Con, they had this awesome booth where it was like a living room set and there were zombies and, and uh, like TV screens in the windows so it looked like zombies were like coming at you to attack you in the house. It was like a house set and then there were dead bodies in the house and you could take your picture like sitting next to a dead body. Oh, but nice. anyway, <laughs> Walking Dead is a zombie series which I think is a brilliant idea because, you know, zombie movies, you can only get to know the characters so much. You can only get to care about them for such a short period of time. Most zombie movies are only about 90 minutes. And here you're going to have six episodes, I believe the first season will be, um, where you get to know these people and follow their stories. It, it revolves around a sheriff and his family and some of the, the townspeople and how they have to move and find new places to live and survive um, when 
a zombie pandemic takes place. And the, the zombie makeup looks incredible. It's very accurate to the comic series. Um, it's uh, Robert Kirkman did the comic series. And um, people are starting to reread that and get interested in that and building up towards the premiere on October 31st. And it, if you get a chance, check out on uh, amctv.com their, uh, their preview clips because re- it looks really intense. Yeah. Well, and they have Frank uh, Darabont, the guy that wrote Shawshank Redemption and Green Mile, serving as a writer as well for it and a director and except Yeah, that kind of gives it some. It kind of gives it some legitimacy, you know, that it's it's going to be a serious show and uh, definitely, you know, one where you you'll care about the characters. So I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, a lot of good names: Jean Ann, Jean Ann, Gail Ann Hurd from Terminator, Aliens, Armageddon, mm-hmm. The Incredible Hawk, and then Charles Chick Egley from Dexter, The Shield, and Dark Angel. So there's a lot of good people there. Yeah, helping, yeah. helping make that that happen. So very cool, very cool. Well, Mary, mm-hmm. we're going to let you go. I know that you're kind of out of time here, but thank you so much for joining us to talk about the few shows that you did and. And uh, for giving us your sci-fi sure. five and five that we're going to share a little bit later on. All right. Well, we kind of wandered all over the place by talking about uh, new shows, old shows returning. Let's back up into some of the shows that are returning that we did not talk about. And then we'll wrap up by talking about some of the shows that, that are new and coming that we might be looking forward to. Let's start out with Human Target. Mm-hmm. Now, Miles, did you watch Human Target I at all? I have not had a chance to watch yep. it. I watched it. I absolutely loved Christopher Chance. You know, Chima Bride and Jackie Earl Haley in the show. It's it's great. It's, they call it a MacGyver-esque kind of style and escapades, A-team-like in their preposterousness. It's kind of over the top. But this is a really good show, and I'm really glad that we have it coming back. We have a new female lead, uh, Indara Varna, has been added to the mix this season in the form of a billionaire client who's come as a controlling partner in the company. So the show won't be much of a sausage fest, is what they said. But I'm looking forward to premiering October 1st. Of course, there's a space in the comic book series, but it has less to do with a superhero than it does just kind of an action, a fun action, a little bit of cheese, and you can jump in at any episode and not really miss much. Okay. So it's not serial per se. Supernatural returns... uh uh, September the 24th. That's on the CW, right? That's on the CW. This will make Kevin Batchelder happy. Uh, yeah. uh, we, we've been tough on Supernatural lately, and, and really so, but they've got a new showrunner in uh, uh, Sarah Gamble. Uh, uh, creator Erica Kripke needs a long vacation uh, for the season, and she's promised to cut back on the mythology that's been dragging the show down and incorporate more fun, Monster of the Week episodes. Uh, so for the first time in a couple of years, we may be spared in an impending apocalypse. Maybe there's there won't even be a nary uh, Winchester in hell. Maybe. Just maybe. Dean will be able to order a burger in a disgusting diner without Sam getting all judgment on him for a whole season. Ch-ch-ch-changes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, again, Supernatural, we've talked about this in a show we don't really – I haven't watched. It's a show that I would like to go back and watch some, but I just – you know, so much good sci-fi out there. You have so, right. so little time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a CW show, and I know it's got a lot of slack, but the new showrunner is a positive thing. That could be good. It could be good for the show to see what may happen. That whole term, Monster of the Week episodes – I first heard that coined on the X-Files, oh. and I don't know if that's an original to an X-File, but I've seen that term come up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of these standalone episodes that – but I heard the term Monster of the Week episode maybe first used with the X-Files. So I don't know. Just a little side comment there. Mm-hmm. Here's a show that you are interested in. Maybe you want to talk about this too as well, and this, of course, is Smallville. Yeah, I'm glad this one's coming back for its uh – 
uh, final season. Season um, 10, baby. Season, season 10. 10. Uh, who would have thought? Uh, so it returns uh, uh, September 24th on a CW, uh, 8 o'clock. I assume that's still on Friday nights. Uh, when it last, is. When, when last we saw Clark Kent, he'd been stabbed in the gut with a blue kryptonite and was falling off a tall building. We're sure he'll be fine, but given that the late uh, Paul Kent, uh, played by John Schneider, will make an appearance in the season, Clark may see the other side before he comes back. Supergirl will also return. Yes. Hopefully to kill Lois now that she's found out that Clark is the blur. And Chloe will supposedly leave the show, which is strange because it was recently announced that Chloe was going to be introduced in the Superman comic books. We guess 10 years is a long time play in any character. Hopefully that means that the 10th season will be the last, for real this time. And it'll go out with a bang with Clark facing off against Darkseid and the, and the new gods. But we've been surprised before, and not always in a good way. We already knew that Papa Kent would come back, but now it looks like uh, Papa Luthor, played by John Glover, is also returning for Smallville's 10th and final season. Can we have the Suns go head-to-head? We're waiting on you, Michael Rosenbaum. Absolutely. It would be great for the final season to not only have Papa Luthor back, right. but to have Lex back as well. And to have the original cast kind of reunite for this final season, of course, what would happen then is it would go out with a huge bang. People would want more, and I don't know. I don't. Th- I, I don't think it'll, it'll come back for another season. If, if for one reason only is just just money. I mean, I was thinking after ten years, it's got to be getting expensive to pay these actors. And yeah. Uh, um, after a while, a show becomes too expensive to uh, produce. Now, I would love a spinoff Justice League series. Maybe. Oh, they've been talking about that for a long time. We've been hearing uh, rumors about that. So um, I would definitely be open to that. Yeah, and of course, I played with the Justice Society episodes in the last season. So maybe a spinoff that way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they could do that or not. Uh, not a show. I watched it sporadically last season. I did not watch it consistently throughout. I know our friend Don, uh, Don Bender as well, huge fan of the show, mm-hmm. uh, actually bought the Justice Society episodes and was kind of disappointed in them. So mm-hmm. that was kind of where he stood on it. So I think there's some mixed reviews that are coming from Smallville. And not sure it's a show that I'll watch because there's, again, too much other sci-fi and other TV that I'm watching. Mm-hmm. But uh, a good show, nonetheless, to maybe check out in its final season. It sounds like there's some positive things happening for Smallville. Oh, yeah. At least it'll end, it should end well. And, of course, we have a show that we are fans of, although some of you listeners are maybe are not so much fans of, and that's Stargate Universe. September 28th at 9 p.m. Sci-Fi will be bringing back the verse for us. Stargate Universe is uh, comes back. And where did we leave Stargate Universe when we left them? They were the still... Lyconians, right? Yes. They were still uh, dealing with that, and I, and I think... The military basically got captured, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we're kind of we're left in a bind here, and mm-hmm. so we hope to see some of that resolved. Uh, rumors have it is that we have some Stargate Atlantis crossover. Our interview with Tori Higginson, we talked about that, even though she could not confirm at the time whether she was in that or not. Mm-hmm. But it'd be great to see some, you know, Ronan Dax back or. Or, or you know, you know, Michael Michael McKay, uh, Rodney McKay, excuse me, back, or you know, any any one of those actors back, Taylor Munhagen, or you know, I'm totally butchering that name. Sorry about that. Um, but Taylor back, and it would be great. Todd the Wraith. We need Christopher Hired all back. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I'd be all that. Todd the Wraith. You need a Wraith in there. Maybe they encounter the Wraith. That would that would like add a whole new villain to the show. They can't do that. <laughs> but it'd, it'd be, be great. It, it would be. It would be cool. It would be cool, but it'd be hard. It'd be hard. Uh, 
Sanctuary comes back September 28th, 10 p.m. right after that. I believe I had the times right. Don't think to reverse. Uh, but sci-fi fans won't have to wait much longer for the third season of Sci-Fi Channel's top-rated show, Sanctuary, starring Amanda Tapping to Ramirez. The show enters its third season on September 28th with an ambitious 20 new episodes. Now, up to this point, Miles, it's important to realize they've only done 13-episode seasons. Mm-hmm. So here in its third season, they're giving it now 20 episodes. So that's a pretty big deal. Sure um, uh, Sanctuary creator Damien Kindler hopes that the additional 20 episodes will help boost, bolster the background of the characters in the upcoming season, um, according to an interview he gave at Comic-Con. It's really cool. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, it's a good show. But you did not watch Sanctuary, right? I did. That's, that's another one I'll have to catch up on someday. Yeah, again, it's, it's kind of a... I think people that love Stargate kind of watch because of Amanda Tapping and mm-hmm. Christopher Heyerdahl, major roles in it, and uh, there's some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Iredell plays two two roles. He's Jack the Ripper and Bigfoot. Whoa, interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, he, yeah. He, he could play Bigfoot. He absolutely could. <laughs> <laughs> Either him or, or, or uh, what a Ronin could or mm-hmm. something like that. We already talked about V, so we won't talk about that in Caprica. Let's move on to some new shows that are coming up. We already talked about Bleep, my dad sh- uh, says. <clears throat> Bleep, my dad says. And uh, Walking Dead. But we have some other new shows that are coming up. Let's talk about the event. You just got done, Miles, watching the trailer to the show. Talk about the event premiering on NBC at 9 p.m. on September 20th. Okay, the event. This is another complicated, high-concept show like Flash Forward, so we were totally hesitant about getting invested. Now that we've seen the pilot, we already like – We haven't seen the pilot. We haven't seen the pilot, but the one who reported uh, – has. Uh, we, we, uh, we already like Jason Ritter uh, more than uh, Joseph Fiennes, although we're worried about the, the show will fall victim to unflattering lost comparisons, and not just because both had crashing planes in their pilots. The storyline involves a mysterious government operation and how it affects the lives of everyone on the, from the president, played by Blair Underwood, to a guy on vacation with his girlfriend, uh, Laura Inns, co-stars in a totally shady role, which brings back fond ER memories. There's enough intrigue in the premiere to make us want to go along for the ride. But if Dominic uh, Monaghan suddenly shows up with a missing finger, all bets are off. <laughs> I love that last line. I would love to see Dominic Monaghan in the show. I'm a huge fan of him. Oh, I am too. I, uh, I'm, I appreciate his work. Yeah, I, I'm, loved, I'm, I'm watching Lost. We're in the second season of Lost. And great show. Mm-hmm. Great, great show in Lost. And, I, and, I, and, I, and quite frankly, I, I just love Dominic Mon- Monaghan. No, no mm-hmm. And so, uh, I don't know. It does sound a little bit like Flash Forward. Even Flash Forward had crashing airplanes in it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know if I mind that because it's because I'm missing flash forward. So maybe this gives me my flash forward fix, Miles. It could, but it still has its own original uh, take on on what it, you know whatever the event is. Which they, I just saw the trailer a little while ago, and they kind of tease you about all this this bad stuff happening on it, and it's saying this is not the event. And so uh, right, they're, right, they're kind of being very cryptic about what the event is. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to tease with that. That's going to be on my TV. That'll be one of the shows at least begin watching, and we'll see how far I take it. Another show that we are looking forward to is The Cape. Now, I don't have the write-up here, but what do we know about The Cape so far? Uh, the most important thing about it is that Summer Glau is going to be but, in it. I understand. The most important thing about the show. Yes. Now, that could be good or bad for the show because shows that Summer Glau has been on have not lasted too long. No, and I don't know why that is. So she, she is just so awesome. I don't yeah, know You why. know, Dollhouse. Uh, mm-hmm. We have her in Terminator. Both two seasons, and then she's a firefly. Doesn't even make it a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I'm looking forward to the show. She comes in kind of as a side character, not the main character. But I'm looking forward to this. I am too. Yeah, kind of shadowy. 
reminds me of the shadow mm-hmm. uh, when I hear about the keep. So kind of that same vibe. If you're familiar with the radio show, the shadow. Mm-hmm. So uh, no, no ordinary family. Miles, why don't you talk about this one here? Uh, well, don't worry. This show isn't really attempting to be the new heroes. Thank God. Yes. These aren't folks from all around the world coming together to prevent some massive catastrophe. Instead, the show's about a family that goes on vacation, crash lands on a mysterious, uh, in a mysterious lagoon, and ends up returning home as supercharged beings with powers of speed, strength, smarts, and telepathy. It's more like The Incredibles with the spirit of the original Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Fantastic Four. Uh, Michael uh, Chiklis, uh, he played the, the thing in... Um, the Fantastic Four plays an unstoppable force, much like his Fantastic Four character. Uh, Julie Benz, Kay Panabaker, and uh, Jimmy Bennett round out the nuclear family. Uh, uh, Romany uh, Malco from The 40-Year-Old Virgin steals most of his scenes as uh, Chickless' over-enthusiastic best friend and advisor. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it sounds good. I mean, it's inter- at least we have a superhero show back on, right? Right. And I, I, guess we have, I guess we have Superman, right, Smallville? But mm-hmm. it's nice to see this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to at least check out the first episode. Yeah, and by the way, they did have the pilot available. It might still be available to the first 50,000 people that visited ABC site. You could go down and download and watch the pilot for free. I may have to go do that. Uh, if it's still available, if you get this show and it's still out, and it's still out, you may want to check it out early. I think I'm going to wait. Mm-hmm. But, hey, it works. It works. And I believe that's it. I don't think I'm missing any shows that, uh, that are coming out. I think we hit everything here. If there's anything we missed, let us know. Let us know what th- what you think about these shows. Uh, we're excited about these shows coming out. Right. We're, look- we're look- looking forward to our returning shows and looking forward to some of these these new shows that are uh, going to be um, premiering. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Miles, let's head into the twist. This week in Star Trek. Okay, and this week in Star Trek, um, something I found on the subspace comms, um, and this is notable for, for uh, Scott and I because we plan on attending the uh, uh, Farpoint convention, uh, but uh, John Billingsley, if you're a fan of, um, of his work on Star Trek Enterprise and if you're a fan of the show uh, Leverage, he is going to be making a guest appearance. Uh, Dr. Flox is turning in his tricorder for a little leverage. Catchy title, eh? We spent a good deal of our evening come up with a little gem. Well, maybe at the whole evening. Anyway, since we started rewatching Enterprise from the very beginning, we've fallen in love with Dr. Flox. All over again. At the moment, this, and this could change at any time, Flox has become our favorite Trek doc. Not that we don't love Bones, the EMH, Dr. Bashir, Dr. Crusher. Well, maybe not so much Dr. Crusher. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, go ahead. All right, Chris. Uh, the man responsible for bringing Flocks to life, John Billingsley, is joining a show that seems to be a new magnet for Trek talent, uh, TNT's Leverage. On the list of uh, Trek alumni who have worked on Leverage, he joins the likes of uh, Will Wheaton, Jerry Ryan, Jonathan Frakes. Uh, in an interview with uh, ifmmagazine.com, John talks about he scored his, his new role and what it's like working on the set. And I just have a short uh, little excerpt from that interview. Um, they ask him, how did you become involved in Leverage? Uh, he says, I auditioned, which is the fate these days for most character actors as opposed to the days of yore. And you might get offered uh, the occasional part flat out. Um, many years ago, the casting gals, uh, Angela Terry and uh, Barbara uh, Stordahl, cast me in Cold Case. And they brought me in earlier this season to audition for an episode that uh, Jonathan Frakes was directing. And a dweeby guy who's helping the Iranian government. Air Gross got it. And I was disappointed at the time because I had thought it was a fun part. And it seemed like a fun show. And I love to work with Jonathan, but as, as is the way of things, 
you get lucky sometimes because the second go-around was a particularly charming episode, I thought. Plus, Arvin Brown was directing. It's a tough choice between Arvin and Jonathan because they're both wonderful guys and a wonderful director, um, wonderful directors. Arvin I've worked with uh, several times before, so I feel uh, really fortunate that I got a second look, a second whack at the pinata. Very cool. And we're going to be meeting him at Shore Leave next year. Uh, Farpoint. Farpoint. Yes. Do you see Farpoint? It says Shore Leave here. Oh, my bad. Um, so is it Shore Leave or it, Farpoint? It is at Farpoint. Oh, yeah. it is at Farpoint. Yep. So is he a new guest that they're adding on, or is he one of the three that was originally He's there? one of the three. It, it's, it's him, his wife, and um, Adam Baldwin. Right, right, right. Now, his wife did something. What was his wife? Oh, his wife was from Chuck. His wife was in Chuck. Right. And the, she... uh, the Admiral in Chuck. It's not really. That's not her name. She's <laughs> not an Admiral. But, you know, he, did Chris really write this? So she, he's the one that's busting a crusher. He's the one that's busting a crusher. I, 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 have, I have a bone to pick with Chris. I, I'm in love with Crusher. Okay. I mean, I just got done watching the episode on Next Generation, Season 4 of Next Generation, where Crusher is on the ship and people begin to disappear because she's in this warp bubble. Right. It was, she did a phenomenal job. Chris, you got to go back and rewatch that episode and then tell me that you don't like Crusher. I'm finding there's a lot of hate for uh, Dr. Crusher. I, I don't know why. She's pretty good. I now. I think that people have a little bit of problem with Crusher because she kind of replaced a doctor that was kind of growing on people. But, 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 but uh, I like Crusher. Mm-hmm. I'm a Crusher. I'm, I'm in love with Crusher. <laughs> you got a crush on Crusher. I got a crush on Crusher. That's right. So, I, got, I got a crush on Definitely do. So, uh, Chris, let's get your thoughts on this. <laughs> Well, thanks for sharing that twist. My pleasure. Before we go into our Sci-Fi 5 and 5 that the Televixen is going to be sharing with us, we have our last promo to make, to play. And this is from Wayne and Dan at Fringe Casting with Wayne and Dan. Actually, it's not Fringe Casting. It's Lost Casting with, Fra- with Wayne and Dan. They're going to be doing a show because the DVD, the DVDs, blah, 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 I can't speak here. The DVDs come out for Lost today. Okay. They're all six seasons. You can get them on Blu-ray. If you're willing to shout out a hundred and some bucks for it, it's absolutely a phenomenal uh, season and they're going to be talking about the DVDs and our thoughts on it and people's thoughts on it. So if you want to check out the show Lost Casting with Wayne and Dan, here's a promo. All right, I apologize if this is confusing, but let's pay attention. Yes, you've probably heard that this is the final season of the best show ever to appear on television, Lost. However, there are and will be for some time. Plenty of Lost thoughts and theories to discuss, and we'd like to have you share them with us at the Lost Casting with Wayne and Dan podcast. I'm Wayne. And I'm Dan, Metal Dan on Twitter. Check out Lost Casting at MediaVoiceOvers.com slash Lost in iTunes, the Zoom Marketplace, etc. Then call us with your Lost thoughts on our listener line, area code 206-984-1446. All right. Well, uh, welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Um, we have Televixen giving us our Sci-Fi Five and Five tonight. Excellent. It's going to be great. Absolutely. I can't wait. 
Go ahead. Mary. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because My 5 and 5 has a lot to do with uh, the remake craze that's going on in Hollywood right now. Ooh. You know, it seems like there are no original ideas anymore, and it's driving me nuts. That and 3D movies. <laughs> so I wanted My 5 and 5 to kind of attack, uh, you know, that whole thing and not, not really uh, endorse, you know, remaking The Masters. Okay. All right. So why don't we go ahead and get into it? So go ahead. Give us your five. I assume okay. are you talking the worst remakes or what are you titling it? Um, no, mine will be uh, my sci-fi five and five is the top five sci-fi movies that should never be remade. Ooh. So they haven't been remade yet. So don't touch them. I hope yeah. they never will. <laughs> right. Okay, so go ahead. Number five, number five would be the 2008 Pixar film WALL-E. I feel like that movie was a masterpiece in itself. I love uh, our little waste-collecting robot and his romance with uh, the reconnaissance robot, Eve. And uh, I don't think anybody should touch a Pixar film that's not from Pixar. So they shouldn't shouldn't do a live-action one, then, is what you're saying? No, No. certainly not. (laughs) I think we already had that uh, short circuit, I think it was called. Right, right, right. So this is in reverse. (laughs) Go ahead. Right, exactly. Number four, you know, foreign films are always the first movies to get remade by American filmmakers. And uh, there's a movie that I love that uh, I feel is on the verge of being remade just because Inception was so popular. And it's a similar theme about stealing dreams. And that movie is called City of Lost Children from 1995. It was a Jean-Pierre Jeunet film starring Ron Perlman. It was incredibly original. It was sci-fi. It was fantasy. It was a great... um, relationship story and i hope to see it never get made because it was one of a kind so that was number four cool number three i have to justify this one and the reason is because i love ed wood and number three is plan nine from outer space probably one of the worst movies of all time certainly one of the worst sci-fi movies of all time and i would never want to see this film get remade because ed wood wouldn't want it to be a joke. And I feel like the only way you could remake this movie was to make it a comedy and to make it a parody. And uh, that would, I think Ed Wood would be rolling over in his grave if he saw Plan 9 remade. So that's number three. Uh, number two is the 1927 Fritz Lang film Metropolis, for obvious reasons, should never be touched, except maybe, maybe in an Art Deco animation style. That might be really cool. But other than that, I would not want to see a new live-action version of Metropolis. So I'm cheating with my number one a little bit here. Uh, I actually have two. It's a tie. Um, The number one movies that should not be ever remade are Blade Runner, the, two, the uh, 1982 movie by Ridley Scott and 2001 A Space Odyssey. I just feel like you can't touch Kubrick, you can't touch Ridley Scott, and those movies are two that I hope never, ever are remade. Yeah. The only one they could see being remade, maybe, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's a good or bad, is, is Blade Runner. I can see someone trying yeah. to remake that sometime. Not so much if 2001. Do, I hope it's I hope it's incredibly slick and actually smart. You know, and not just style over substance. I hope they don't. Yeah, but 2001, I mean, I don't think that movie would go over well nowadays with modern audiences. No, well, they would have so, to thinking movie. They'd have to speed it up. It would be a totally different movie yeah. if they remade it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, uh, Mary, for sharing your Sci-Fi 5 and 5. So before you sure. go, do you want to share a little bit about – we're going to do the end of the show here. Before you go, do you want to share sure. a little bit about where uh, people can find you and get a hold of you, can hear you? Absolutely. If uh, you're interested in finding more about me, you can find me at uh, dvdgeeks.tv. 
And uh, every Monday night, I do a live DVD review show called DVD Geeks that's found at fearlessradio.com. And that's Monday nights at 7 p.m. Central. And most shows review the movies, and we specialize in reviewing the DVDs. And if you personally just want to follow me, you can uh, hit me up on Twitter at twitter.com slash televixen. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Mary. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. Well, Miles, it was awesome, Bit, and for her to bring us to Sci-Fi 5 and 5, and it's too bad she could be on the whole show, but we'll take whatever time she can hey, give us. we'll take whatever Mary we can get. Right, and Mary, right. thank you for being on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, and uh, we love when Mary's on, and we uh, definitely will have her on again oh, sometime absolutely. in the future, mm-hmm. maybe with a little bit less of a time constraint there. Mm-hmm. But, hey, busy woman, and uh, we just we love having her on. Hey, so she's, thank uh, you so much. She's probably going to be an up-and-comer in Hollywood. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're hoping for it, at least. Right. Um, well, we got to wrap up the show here. And, oh, by the way, if you have your Sci-Fi 5 and 5, you can always send them in to us. We have two Sci-Fi 5 and 5s, one from B. Harding and uh, one from Radu again, uh, that we're going to be sharing in the upcoming shows here. So uh, we didn't forget you guys. We didn't forget you guys. They're coming. But uh, we wanted Mary to give, give Mary a chance to give us her Sci-Fi 5 yeah. and 5 since she was on live. And uh, we'll get you guys as well. If we had too many of them, we'll do a special show that's nothing but the Sci-Fi 5 and 5. We can do that. We could definitely do that. Maybe we do that as a part of a listener feedback show sometime. So listener feedback show, 5 and 5, if I can speak here Mm -hmm. at the end of the podcast. And uh, that works. Well, if you want to find out more about the diner and you want to read some of the reviews of shows, some of the summaries of shows, we will have them up in our show notes. Mm -hmm. And you can check it out there, uh, read through them, and, and go from there. And uh, you can obviously check out our Facebook page, right, Miles? Yeah, if you're on Facebook, um, we have a Facebook fan page. And uh, well, thanks again to the listeners that recently joined and uh, put us over over 100 uh, recently. So that, that was really cool. We really appreciate it. And some good dialogue in some of the posts that we're putting up there. And so if you want to get involved with some dialogue about things about the show, it sounds like Facebook is a place to do it. We don't get a lot of people... Uh, coming on to the actual show notes. Every once in a while, people will post a comment. Uh, Dane Ward, by the way, was really upset that in our Sci-Fi 5 and 5 from the, the Shore Leave Con that we did not say that the roast was in the Sci-Fi 5 and 5. <laughs> so that was his That was his. Um, and Sorry, I, Dayton. Yeah, suck it, Dayton. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, a good conversation coming off of uh, the Sci-Fi Five, and uh, not I mean on Facebook. If you haven't joined our fan page, come over, check us out, mm-hmm. and get involved with some of the discussion that we put up there. Not everything we put up is discussion, but we'll probably start tweeting about some of the shows that we're talking about here, and uh, hopefully getting some good discussion going 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 there. So yeah, um, so that's that, uh, Miles. They can stalk you on Twitter where? I am Son of Wharf at Twitter. Uh, also, I'm on Trekspace. I have a, a Trekspace account, Son of Wharf at Trekspace. Right. Um, and uh, Herzog on Twitter for me, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. Sci-Fi Diner on Twitter if you want to contact the Sci-Fi Diner on Twitter as well. Has some good interaction with B. Harding uh, uh, early on about different shows and even about a potential guest we might have coming up. And so that is really kind of cool. And uh, anything else I'm doing that I forgot? iTunes reviews. Please leave iTunes reviews. Hopefully none of you will, uh, if you leave a review, it won't get kicked out or dropped or something like that that happened. We'll have to figure out what happened there. But we appreciate that. As always, we appreciate your comments more than you know. Email us at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com. Call us. Leave us your thoughts at 1-888-508-4343. The movies you're watching, the television you're watching, the DVDs you're seeing, we want to hear about them and what you're thinking about these things. They absolutely 
make it awesome. Yes, your 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 um, uh, your involvement it just it just makes for a better show. It absolutely does. Uh, we like to hear you. You know, we talk all the time. Yes, <laughs> so, so it's much better to hear you. But anyways, I believe that's it. Uh, Sci-Fi Diner Podcast the website. Take it away, Mile. Until then, good night and good luck.
I just like the sound. Ever heard? 